The following podcast contains adult language and themes, and usually beverages. Listener discretion is advised. Pour yourself a drink, because we're going there. Taboo Topics are back on the table. Greetings from beautiful, sunny California. We're actually here in Studio City, and I have with me my beautiful wife, Lindsay. Hello. And Mr. Caleb Hudson. Hello there. Let's talk about the event that we went to that you hosted this week, which was awesome. Lindsay was just living her best life. There, there are no words. I have some pictures that I'm just like beaming from ear to ear. It was very much uh, a pride party. And, you know, June is Pride Month. And being possibly the only straight man there and i'm not going to make too many assumptions but <laughs> no you you were one of a few there were there were a couple you were you know in the presence of probably 200 predominantly men at this pool party if i were gay i would have been in my dreamland like you remember like Katy perry's uh california and they're like all the girls in the clouds that would have been like too much <laughs> like you explode from happiness Oh, but that's the best part. We will part. definitely post pictures uh, when yes. we release yes, this podcast. Absolutely. Episode. So Lindsay and I walk up to the house, and we, you know, we met some some people at the door. Said hi, and I'm like, and I keep asking everybody, I'm looking for Caleb, and everyone's like, he's wearing very bright, glittery gold <laughs> boots. I will definitely post a picture in this thing too. So I was able to find him, and he's definitely stood out. I mean, you could you you went blind looking at his feet from across the pool. And uh, so let's talk a little bit about the event. Yeah, uh, being an activist, this last Saturday I had the honor to put on a really splashy pool party that made a whole lot of money for queer youth. And so that was an uh, that was an honor. And that's the event that these two are alluding to. Yeah, which did have a have a wide open bar. Might as well. Might, yeah, might just add yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And we took advantage of that for sure. First of all, Lindsay, who's a huge, huge fan of like RuPaul's Drag Race and a bunch of those shows. They had some really awesome um, performers, some drag queens, and and we actually got to interview the highlight person. We'll we'll share that here in a minute. But Lindsay, what was the day like for you? I was I was overwhelmed at first because as much as like I I love drag culture and I watch the shows, I've never been to a live drag show before. Which I was surprised because I had I been know. to multiple ones. I know, isn't it terrible? So I'm just sitting there like I. Uh, Miss Barbecue comes in and we say hi, we're chatting and everything. And um, then the two of the other performers come in to get something or to say hi. And I'm I'm kind of like... Um, Starstruck. <laughs> if you saw a celebrity walking down the street that you really, really like loved and admired, I just kind of froze. And thank goodness for Matt because he's just like, ladies, can my wife get a picture with you? Oh, and I yay. was like... The speechless, you know, just like nodding with my mouth open. And in the picture, I swear it's like the biggest, like cheesiest smile because I was just so excited. And that was the turning point because up till then, I'm an introvert. Like you were being very Any large group of people that I don't know. Introverts don't like the small talk. It's very difficult for us. Takes a lot of energy. And I tend to just glom on to one person. And I had tried that and everyone was still mingling. So I would get like the shrug and the shrug. And she kept telling me, (laughs) every time we go to a party, Lindsay tells me, Matt, don't you dare leave me alone. Don't you dare leave me. Like if I go anywhere, I got to be on a leash. But as soon as the ladies were so sweet and they're like, hell yeah, get over here. (laughs) 
and I got this photo with you, and then all of a sudden, party Lindsay oh, came out. Hey! Yay. <laughs> oh, it was it was amazing, and just to know that so many people were there sharing love for such a great cause, yeah. and everyone was so excited. The energy was just. I haven't felt anything like that. The energy of the party was just amazing. Everyone was having the best time, best music, dancing. It was awesome. Just it was gorgeous. It was awesome. The people. The house was I didn't, beautiful. There wasn't a single person I talked to who wasn't just like super nice and super friendly. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just because there was a lot of booze. I think that helped. <laughs> I think that helped. And the tacos. the tacos. Yeah, the tacos. So delicious. Tacos were good. So uh, we got a chance to, outside this awesome house, uh, outside this awesome pool party full of many very handsome men, if I <laughs> yes, can say so were. myself. I'm comfortable enough in my sexuality to say that. Um, and I got to have a little chat, roadside chat with Rick, who's on the board of Trail Mixer. And uh, let's take a quick little listen to some of the stuff he had to share about why this is such an important initiative and what it's all about. Trail Mixer is a not-for-profit, and we are a group of LGBT queer people and allies who love to hike. We love to climb mountains and go backpacking. And we are connecting what we love to do to raising money for youth to also connect them to outdoor spaces and the health and the leadership opportunities that it provides. Because of COVID, you guys had to wait And then you kind of realize, hey, this is going to fall right on Juneteenth. What did you do from there? When we set this date and I realized it was Juneteenth, I messaged the core of the people and said, hey, we have to find a way to acknowledge this um, because it's an important subject. And since then, sort of it's been amazing. Congress has passed the holiday and Biden signed it. And through a series of events, we got connected to Barbecue, who was the perfect person to talk about the importance of the history behind Juneteenth and why we should be celebrating that Independence Day now. There's a lot of people who may look more like me, may have come from a very uh, white bread background, who haven't been surrounded with people who are diverse or people who are different from them. What is it that you would want them to hear from you and why this is so important? Our founding fathers who established America as a idea of democracy and freedom from a monarchy in England wrote down a bunch of ideals about equality and freedom and treating your fellow man with respect. And I think that America ever since then has continued to strive for that. Most of the time, not getting there, which is why we have a civil rights movement, which is why we have the suffrage movement for women to vote, gay rights movement in the 70s and 80s. And Juneteenth is incredibly important to acknowledge that July 4th Independence Day was only Independence Day for some and that Independence Day for the enslaved people ultimately was June 19th in 1865. I don't have that date wrong. And I think it's important to keep acknowledging the freedom and independence of everyone in America as we continue to work for more equality and freedom for all of us. Where can people check out Trail Mixer and what you guys are all about? Yeah, so we have a website, trailmixer.com. Trailmixer is all one word, despite Google Correct trying to change that. There you can find photographs of our adventures, the uh, fundraisers that we have coming up, stories about our hikers, 
uh, all of that information is there. We also have um, a wonderful Instagram where you can keep track of the mountaintops that we achieve. And uh, that is also trailmixer.nonprofit on Instagram. And speaking of hike, we now need to hike all the way back up this very steep hill to the party. So thank you so much, Rick. I appreciate it. You're welcome. We have this barbecue in the house, y'all. She's giving you something special because today is a special day. Do we know what today is? June motherfucking tea, y'all. Yes, it's about time. So Miss, Miss Barbecue is going to give you an extra special performance for Juneteenth. Give it up for Miss Barbecue! <laughs> Hi, everybody. Happy Pride. Happy Juneteenth, everyone. How you doing? Oh, my goodness. I hope everyone's healing from the COVID pandemic. But I want to thank Caleb and Tyler and Trail Mixers for asking me to come and present. Um, I personally didn't know about Juneteenth until maybe five, six years ago, actually. I had, I had known it was a black thing, but I didn't know it was my thing. Let me say that again. I knew it was a black thing, but I didn't know it was my thing. So I um, got on my little Apple computer and I wrote something because um, Juneteenth is important to all of us. <clears throat> Hello, beautiful people. My name is Miss Barbecue and I identify as black, non-binary, trans femme. My pronouns are they and she, and I'm honored to share my words with you. This is titled, The Movement Is You. On June 17, 2021, President Biden signed the bill making Juneteenth a federal holiday into law. This, this is the only black holiday signed into law since Martin Luther King's holiday was passed in 1986. 35 years, don't clap yet. 35 years for another holiday honoring the struggle of another community is honored. Do we have an official Pride Day? No, we don't. Clinton was the first president to recognize June as the official Pride Month. For those who don't know the history of Juneteenth, here it is. Lincoln passed the Emancipation Proclamation in 1863, proclaiming that all enslaved people are free. The news wasn't enforced in Texas until June 19, 1865. The last slaves were told of the abolition of slavery when it was declared that everyone is free. There was no social media, no Snapchat, no WhatsApp, no Instagram or phone, barely a telegram back then. Imagine not being told you are free for two years. We're told we're free every day. Yet at times, I still don't feel free. Do you? Imagine not being able to know in your soul that you own your own body. You own your own dreams. You own your own failures. The journey is not lost on me. Not at all. Got my glasses on. I'm in my 40s. <laughs> Thank you, Amy. Oil of LA. The suffrage movement, the civil rights movement, the women's movement, the LGBT movement, all come from the realization that we are not free until others are free. Now, what does that have to do with me, you ask? You are all these movements. 
David J. Johns, director of the National Black Justice Coalition, says Pride Month, to be clear, is an extension of Black History Month. Remember, it was the efforts of a transgender black activist, Marsha P. Johnson, who helped spark the Stonewall Uprising in New York 50 years ago, one member of a long legacy of young queer people who fought for the rights of others. I am here to give you a history of resilience, not just the 1969 Stonewall Uprisings, but the 1967 Black Cat Uprising or the 1959 Cooper Donuts Riots. I'm speaking of resilience that happened on June 19, 1865, Juneteenth. June 28, 1969, Stonewall. June 17, 2021, President Biden signs Juneteenth into a federal holiday. Words mean something, faggot. Slave, queer, tranny, top, bottom, property, pride, resilient, masculine, femme, black, non-binary, trans, free. Free. Imagine never knowing those words for two years. Imagine going that long without knowing that you're free. It affects how you operate in the world. It seeps into the soul. We step through courage every year. We step through courage every day. Every year we get to claim our courage. Every year in Pride Month, we get a chance to understand a different part of what it means to be free, what it means to have resilience, what it means to honor our ancestors who came before us and understand that that freedom does not come without a cost. Juneteenth should matter to you because it's another part of history where people came together and claimed their motherfucking freedom. It's not just physical freedom. It's freedom of the soul. Now, I'm not asking y'all to be political. I am asking you to look at how the queer LGBT community needs to change. Take a look around you and see how we can be inclusive. Who is not at the table? On the flyers, posters, TV, and film. It's lovingly calling your friends out on those microaggressions, slight racisms, blatant misogyny, demanding more of our queer communities and not allow this type of exclusion to go further. We shouldn't need to constantly be resilient when the work has already been done before we get there. Can I get an amen? Amen. Put your money where your mouth is and not just celebrate that diversity, but actually work on being inclusive ourselves. We used to be on the forefront of progression. People looked to us, the queers, for the next trends and fashion and music. Somewhere along the line, we've gotten comfortable. Mainstream. Some of us forgot what it means to fight to be free. It's not my struggle, I've heard people say. Understand your privilege. Make space for others not like you. Emma Lazarus says, until we are free, none of us are free. I am resilience. I am Juneteenth. I am pride 365, honey. I am black. I am trans. I am queer. I am femme. I am non-binary. I am sexy. I am love. I am strength. I am the movement. This is the movement. This is freedom. This is joy. This is light. This is me.
because we've all been that person where it's like, why does it offend me that this person is just being who they are? Yeah. Like they're not doing it to me. Yeah. They're not. They're not like. This isn't a malicious thing. Why we're like different, different. Yeah, point different. at it. Fear. Oh, I think yeah. it's fear. It's all fear-based behavior. If anything is different than me, I can't put it in a box. I can't understand it. I am going to then react in this way that I either disapprove, but it's from that fear. And I believe I, I have to think that a lot of the homophobia is self-hatred too. Uh, not not saying like you being homophobic towards yourself, but other people who have those things, yeah. they see it in you and yeah. it makes them feel mm-hmm. bad because they're like, oh my I push this down. I'm married to my wife. I oh, love yeah. my wife. I yeah. don't think about penises. I yeah. swear. <laughs> no, I think <laughs> it's I even in... slip through all of my conversations. <laughs> and that, I actually think it's even in me too. Like I think it's external, but it's also internal. And so many times it's a mirror. And I really love what you were saying about uh, fear because I've heard it said, this is you know not my brilliance, but I don't know who to attribute it to but that everything boils down to love or fear yeah and that you know i think we'd probably be surprised if we did a lot of unwinding how many thoughts even are you know about ourselves come from a place of fear absolutely and one thing i really love about the queer community is is the radical um acceptance Mm -hmm. the commonality is that they've come from a space of being the outsider and to know what it's like to not fit in to know what it's like to you know have to like find that path you know so many bright beautiful confident people are on the other side of that really well adjusted like not no residual trauma but i find it to be a really safe fun beautiful expression and i think that like that's the best part about it because you can bring how you can bring whatever you like sense of the outsider you bring to that party and there's a space for you and you can feel however you feel about your body but you you don't have to worry about that there it's a space that it doesn't matter i find that's why I, i love a queer bar or a queer dance floor because there's a no i have found it's very free of in most commonly the cases, it's really free of judgment and that it's a space that's a really special place on planet. And I think as a queer community, we actually have something of value that we get to offer the world around us because I think we get to lead the way and we get to show people how to access that. And I think there's a whole lot of people, regardless of any sexuality, that would find a space like that really powerful and really gravitate to that kind of of judgment-free expression acceptance in its mm-hmm. purest form and i i isn't that what we all want yeah we just want to be accepted yeah we, we we just want somebody to be like i don't bring your whole self here and let's party and i love you for it yeah yes. yeah and that's actually why I'm, I'm really getting so excited about this the youth part that we are talking about this is the the pool party was benefiting you know some queer youth programs that i think are really cool because here's what i think here's what i get really really excited about i never had the luxury of being an out teenager right and it was so far from that and i didn't even know what that would be like and i got to go and meet some of the the out teens that are so brave and so much like braver than i and it's an awkward insecure time for everyone to be a teenager i think we can all yeah talk about learning about whoever it is you're interested in is one whole thing yourself you have no idea who you are that's it's so weird that's right and i think you know when you combine that with the extra layer of the authenticity piece that you're you know even if you're in a place that they're not criticizing or harming you they still may not from personal experience be able to understand or get you because even the most accepting person who hasn't walked in your shoes can't be like oh i know how that feels and there's uh, this beautiful summer camp in California where kids from all over the country come and spend a week at this 
camp. It's entirely for LGBTQIA. And when kids come there, everybody gets their pronoun right every time, all week long. It's a completely safe space. It's a space where those kids can find other kids that are like, yep, I know how that feels. I know what it's like to feel that in a way that in their home environment, even if it's not a harmful environment, they just don't have that kind of like, I know how that feels. And in some cases, it actually is a harmful environment, you know, where they're in a place of love and safety. But in that space, you're introduced to a network of people that you can love, trust, and you'll grow relationships with. And I think if if we can help kids in their awkward, insecure teenage phase find their legs early, we're actually developing the next generation of people that will lead the way for people like me that come along later and are all fumbling along and we're trying to figure things out and we're recovering from our own internalized homophobia. I think those are the champions that are going to be you know, holding out a hand to the next generation of people and leading the way. And I think it's really important for us all as awake and aware individuals to watch out for the people that are being outcast and to advocate for them. And in this case, this is a really small, but I think a really impactful way that you can look at a group of marginalized people from a diverse background. And uh, so I'm, as you can tell, really passionate about trying to like look out for them in any way that we can. So Rick, who's on the board, also talked about how growing up like in the 70s, it was just, and even though I think he was even in California, it was unimaginable to think of there being a youth gay camp for there to be this thing and wrap your head around it and the acceptance. And and again, to them, it's like being treated like kings and queens where where you come in. It's like, this is about you. That's right. But he was like getting choked up talking about it because I mean, so much, so many emotions around that. Everyone's represented. It's gay, lesbian, trans, straight, a, you know, straight man, straight woman. We have everybody's in this group. It's inclusive. It's like everybody's here. And the day before this big party happens, one of the guys who's the most committed guys, like incredibly committed to this group and such an activist for the queer community who is a straight man, uh, got in the pool, the swimming pool, and installed a stage over the deep end of the swimming pool and spent seven hours installing a stage in the water including like underwater installing the poles that would hold it up so that when we fill this entire beautiful home in LA and we have it full of almost 200 wonderful people with buzzing energy, the drag show actually takes place over the swimming pool on the deep end of the pool on a custom made stage. It was just an act of love by a group of people who really want to show up and be an advocate for queer teens and they really do want to make an impact they really want to show up i would i would say it was a pretty big impact i yeah. think it they raised over twelve thousand dollars that is the most mind-blowing thing two years ago when they lasted an event it raised about five thousand dollars a size of organization like this uh, it is so significant the money is used for um, all of the money all of the money yeah all of this the money. is a complete non-for-profit that's right and um the entire event was donated so Every single dollar, there was no break even, every single dollar goes right to the kids, right to these youth programs. And it actually removes the financial barrier from any kid anywhere in the country that needs access to that summer camp. They can go to it. Every scholarship is funny. No one's being turned away because of financial means, because you know we're working so hard to make sure that we get any kid that needs to be there, there. And we're going beyond that to also fund scholarships for young, I think of them as young, but like, you know, young 20-somethings. That's young. (laughs) I think so. That are there as um, counselors to 
have uh, people from diverse backgrounds be there as counselors. And when you're that age, you might not have the financial means to take a week right. of work and to fly yourself to California. We cover that. That money is going to like create lasting impact that you know will happen over the lifetime of people that are going to give access to a safe space and the friendships that they'll develop at that place. Speaking about labels, Miss Barbecue, who will tell you she goes under a lot of labels, also being black and also being queer and also being uh, a drag queen in, in that society. We got a chance to sit down and talk with her for a little bit. Turns out she's a fellow Buckeye. Yes. From like I think Toledo. from Toledo, Ohio. So let's play a little bit of that backstory because it was a really, really awesome discussion. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here and honored. Happy Juneteenth. Happy Juneteenth. So you had to overcome a lot of things, I can imagine. And now you're in California, but before you were actually, as you were sharing. Yeah, we're Buckeyes. But Buckeyes. So you were from the Buckeye State, which God bless, but you know, uh, there's not a lot of uh, super hip people, especially back then, (laughs) who were like, oh, okay, oh, you're gay. Oh, okay. Uh, You know. Um, what what's that journey been like? It's funny because I hear the word journey all the time, but I'm realizing it's an evolution. Yeah, like I came out as a little queer 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 boy when I was little, didn't know what it meant, and then I came out as a drag queen, and then I had to come out again as a trans non-binary person. I feel like I've been coming out of the closet like three, four times. Now I'm coming out of the closet as a Star Wars nerd too. <laughs> you know, for all you Star Wars Marvel people, I got you. But um, I realized over the years we come to these moments in our lives that we really discover what's working for us and what's not. And then we start accepting and leaving things behind. And I noticed that over the years, I had to accept my queerness. First of all, I had to accept my blackness. Sure. That was one thing that was taught to us that life will be a struggle. It will always be hard for you. And once we get that mantra, I was like, well, I guess life's always going to be hard. We, we talked about this in an earlier episode uh, that a lot of black people on the LGBTQ spectrum have to choose between identifying as black or identifying as LGBTQ. Yeah. Yeah. Are you black or are you queer? Which 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 yeah. which one are you first? Pick a camp and stay yeah, there. And, and exactly. And then when I came out non-binary, trans from non-binary, I had black queer people telling me, I don't understand pronouns. Why do I have to do call you they? Right. You know, I don't I don't get that. So it's like which where am I? Where do I fit? Where, where do I belong? And I realized I belong in all of them and I can claim space in all of them. And I, I had to do some work of like forgiveness, patience, understand that not everyone's going to get me. And that's OK, too, because I thought, well, once I came out queer, everyone has, exa- has to accept me. Once I came out trans, everyone has to accept me. No, honey. It sets you. It's, it sets. It sets you up for, for failure and disappointment when you expect others to adhere to what you just came into being. Yeah, I mean, and and that's that's such a, that's such. It's an adult thing. And it, it's yeah, adulting. Yeah. It's, it, it's it's part of adulting. It's a part of being well an emotionally intelligent adult, which yes. which a lot of people are. You know, they can be adults, they can pay bills and do all that. But yeah, that that's really awesome. And it's really great when people, you know, you did it to better yourself and to build up a not a thick skin so much, but a but a shield from hate and a shield from ignorance. And I think that's awesome. And, and, And I still come across people who don't 
don't get it, don't want to get it, yeah. and that kind of thing too. And I have to just go with love. Yeah. And go, okay, that's not my circus. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that's not my circus. It's not my monkeys. Yeah. I'm going to go over here and be okay. As long as you're not encroaching on me physically right. or with violence, I'm I'm okay. But I realize we can, we can only change people by being visible. If, if there's one message you would want people to take away from you and your life and your experience, uh, maybe people who, uh, from any walk of life, who are just struggling with identity or struggling with uh, dealing with discrimination. Like, what is the one piece of advice that you would give to somebody? Never apologize for being who you are. And evolving is okay. You're allowed to evolve. Beautifully said. Is there anything else you want to share? Understand that um, the world is changing and it's beautiful still. And there's still so much for us to learn about each other as a community. Do you have a website that's starting oh, up soon? You can go to, you can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter, um, Miss Barbecue LA, M-I-S-S, Barbie Like the Doll, capital Q, L-A. Are you pissed that QAnon took the Q? <laughs> Seriously. I'm going to copyright that. Yeah. Sue, barbecue sues QAnon. <laughs> Whose Q is this anyway? <laughs> Who Love put it. this Q up in here? Love it. Isn't Miss Barbecue incredible? Yeah. She's phenomenal. Truly incredible. That is, she is radiant. That's the only way I can describe her. You walk into a room, the first thing you feel is her smile. Yeah. Her, her energy fills an entire space. So honored to have her be uh, a part of this day and Juneteenth. Uh, no one could have said it better than she did. Before interviewing her, I still felt this like, I hope she accepts me. It's funny that I'm thinking it that mm-hmm, way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's because I'm, I'm in their world today. Right. And I'll tell you, within five seconds, that was, that was mm-hmm. wiped away. They yeah. could, she couldn't have been more kind, more everybody there, but especially her because she was kind of the star. Absolutely. Right? Or at least like yeah. the- No, the, she was. Yeah, she, was she was the star cameo. Our conversation was just very candid, very fun, and just heartwarming, heartbreaking, and everything mm-hmm. in between, kind of mm-hmm. like yours and, and so many other people. Uh, but we were just- I cannot personally thank you enough for inviting us to oh, this event. Yes. The timing worked out great because we were going to be out here. And if we would would have missed it, I would have been so pissed yeah. off. So pissed I didn't off. know you yet. So I really thought I am truly throwing them into the deep end of the pool on this one. Like, <laughs> yes. they're going all under in the stage, under the, under stage. the stage, Drowning. We are like going all in. <laughs> And it was just so great. The second I walked up to you both, I just felt the love and joy from you. And you have you both, you have the same sort of like spark and light. And I love how even this podcast is born out of a desire to be a part of a progressive conversation. I think we all have a desire to move the needle and to leave the world in a different place than we found it, to be a part of that change, to walk forward. And the fact that you're willing to open up these spaces and like these conversations you know, by truly immersing yourself for a full day in what it's like to be in the heart of, you know, a very queer culture, to open up these conversations with me, with Rick, with Miss Barbecue. And like, it's just incredible. And it speaks so much to how you've centered your life and like what's important to both of you. I would rather be uncomfortable for a little bit Mm -hmm. 
than shallow and surface with people for long periods of time because man once you let that guard down a little bit is like i had so much fun at that party mm-hmm. i have so much fun talking to you right now how boring to surround yourself with people who are just like you mm-hmm. if we learn and grow and expand look at the cool people that we get to have in our life i mean yeah. we never we never would have known yes all of you know the people that we met through the podcast if we weren't having these conversations and weren't learning and we never would have been at the amazing pool party or yeah. met Miss Barbecue. Yes. Lindsay got to be at her first drag show. It was, it was amazing. It was better than anyone I've All seen. All of the performers did amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Miss, uh, truly amazing. Uh, Marta is an amazing drag queen who embodied Ariel and did a Little Mermaid number. Oh, yeah. That was incredible. Yes. My favorite, yes. personal favorite. My life has been so enriched through this podcast. And I've heard so many great stories. I've made so many new friends. And people who I've never met in person have now finally, I got to meet you, Nikki, who I'd met before the podcast even, the anti-racist white chick. We got to meet up with her at the pool party. So yes. the pool party yeah, is ingrained in my brain for the rest of my life. What you all are doing for the youth is so incredible and admirable. So thank you for all that you do for them because you are shaping leaders of the future in the community, which is really exciting. I think that's it. That's a wrap. Next time on the Going There podcast, My name's Wendy, and I'm the co-host of the Don't Tell My Grandma podcast, and I'm joined by my wonderful husband. I was warned about you. Uh, We met in Tokyo, where we also were exposed to a lot of different people and ways of thinking. Uh, I was adopted from China, but I live my whole life in Arizona. I'm from Dominican Republic. The cultural differences are just going to be too hard, or... The problems usually arise when what they're trying to make this person adopt is a religion. One of us, one of us. I don't have a trench coat. I'm not exposing myself. That was just a joke. Please don't. Please immigrate us. Yeah, please immigrate (laughs) us. We're good people. Did you like this episode? Did you not? Let us know by giving us a rating, comment, share with a friend, and a subscription, even if it's a hate subscription. So we just went there. Now you can go to thegoingtherepodcast.com for links to our socials and all the places that you can hear the podcast. This podcast is made possible by its hosts and Frame One Media in association with Lindsay Baker, Tyler Kubisti, Michael Madgar, Joe Kelly, and Bobby Thomas.